0: I think at this point we can safely say that the british monarchy and honestly any leftover vestiges of 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 uh of this sort of colonial um of colonialism let's say uh need to be thrown away so let's let's kick them out of uh, of uh of their palaces let's let's give them jobs let's uh let's not pretend that we're living hey, in a fairy Charlie? tale yes
1: I think uh, maybe we should let these officers go about their day and we can just continue with this episode. Okay,
0: fair enough. Hey, hey, listen, talk to my lawyer, you pigs, okay? The, okay. I can call them pigs because they're Bobbies. I, we have freedom of speech over here. What do you have in the UK, you coward? <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, keep walking. Keep walking. Uh, well, I'm yelling at the police. It must be SJW, social justice weirdos. I'm humorless feminist Charlie McCorn. I use they, she pronouns.
1: And I am Lenny Peppers. I use she, her pronouns.
0: Lenny, how are you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm doing good, uh, with the exception of, like, almost getting arrested um, in the UK.
0: Absolutely. But, um, yeah. I think that they understood my deep commitment to uh, to anarchy in the UK. <laughs> not the band, and not, not, not John Lydon, who has had some pretty reprehensible uh, political opinions recently but just my idea of, of anarchy in the UK. But uh, we're not talking about that. Although maybe at some point we should talk about the origins of punk rock on this show. Um, but maybe we're talking about something. Well, yeah, maybe we are. Are we talking about that today, Lenny? Uh,
1: I think that we should uh, just give a brief, like mention to upcoming projects that uh, we're super excited about that involve
0: uh punk rock oh yeah hey that was that was the most seamless plug any podcast has ever done five out of five amazings uh keep your eye open (laughs) lenny and i were collaborating on a photo shoot uh, that we're going to release the photos um online through my website and social media uh and probably through the sjw um feed as well i don't know what our web presence looks like right now don't quote me on any of that um but it is a uh it'll probably be out by the time this episode airs but it is a uh thoughtful mediation on what happens when a uh a, a transgender sex worker is murdered and then infused with the power of a magical spirit board which then makes her a cassandra-like figure coming back to warn uh, all of humanity of, of of their errors but no one will listen it's uh it, i'd say what pol- overtly political lenny just
1: just a bit just a bit uh just yeah a sprinkle of uh you know politics in there A little
0: bit And that's all that I can really stand uh, A sprinkle of politics Too much politics makes me fucking sick
1: Yeah which is the name of our punk band That we're going to start
0: Absolutely Fucking sick Is that what we decide? say?
1: <laughs> a sprinkle of politics Oh a
0: sprinkle of politics Yes
1: hey, But fucking sick is way better
0: I like the idea no, of like A sprinkling uh... of politics Because like hey Do you like bad religion But wish it just wasn't so preachy all the time? <laughs> Just kidding! I love bad religion.
1: So I'm super excited about our episode today. Yes,
0: what are what are we talking about today, Lenny?
1: Uh, I am going to talk about how everybody is is being colonized to this day through uh, the teaching of patriotism.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Uh, Just a sprinkle of politics. Just a sprinkle of politics.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, we're just a light political podcast. We're not. I mean. We talk about light, simple ideas like the persistence of colonialization through through patriotism. Uh, I have some opinions on this, but Lenny, please, wh- what tell us tell us where we start?
1: Well, we are going to start in September. Um, Trump proposed a patriotic education, and I've been like. Dying to talk about this since then uh, Because I have A whole spiel that I give at the 4th of July To usually Unwilling teenagers at summer camps But
0: (laughs) You're wearing a hockey mask, you have a chainsaw (laughs) No (laughs) I have an idea Uh, for a horror film
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay We'll put that on the list of things to do. Absolutely. Uh so basically what had happened was that Trump announced his desire to convert the public schooling system into a more patriotic education. But the weird thing is is that the American public schooling system is already
0: that. I was like about that's... I was about to say more patriotic like we we start with like a pledge to a flag every morning like we're already a very patriotic indoctrination going on.
1: Yeah. The school system itself, like uh, the patriotizing. <laughs> that's that's not the word that I'm looking for. Patriotization? But, uh, yes. Patriotization of indigenous children or indigenous people, I should say, because there was a whole thing and I'm going to tell you all about it. Okay.
0: Lay, lay, lay it on us. Uh,
1: so I'm going to start with um, kind of a cast of characters for this story. Oh,
0: I love this. Uh, a, pers- a dramatic persona. What do they call those? Pers- James, cut this out. I didn't know the Latin.
1: <laughs> um, we're just going to put I didn't know the Latin in the at the end of the episode, yep. like after the credits.
0: <laughs> yep. That should be the production company. I didn't know the Latin.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the cast of characters. Um, so this starts out with um, a committee of 100. Oh,
0: 100 characters. This is this uh, is a pretty no, no, deep...
1: A com- that's that's what it's called, a committee of 100. And it's just a whole bunch of wealthy Americans, including John D. Rockefeller, uh, William Randolph Hearst, Buffalo Bill Cody, um, William Taft is in this story. William Howard Taft? Yes, that is the one. The main character is Rodman Wanamaker, who was one of the wealthiest merchant princes of his age. And he actually had an employee um, who was a clergyman named Dixon.
0: Dixon the clergyman.
1: Dixon the clergyman. (laughs) Sure.
0: Oh, Oh, how he was taunted by the local youth. Rodman
1: Wanamaker... He was considered the most heavily insured individual in the world.
0: he was the owner of the Wanamaker store. Yes. Okay, I've heard of that. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, very, very rich. And so at one point, he gets together with all these other rich men, and he decides to go with his employee, Dixon, who is also a photographer, to travel around the United States and take pictures of Native Americans, in um, they ended up traveling three separate times. The first time, they had traveled, I think, twelve thousand miles oh, wow. around to all of these different reservations and spoke to like all of these different tribes and took pictures of them. But their pictures, uh, which is pretty representative of the time. Were in order to preserve the vanishing race of Native Americans. Oh,
0: I see. It's one of those things.
1: Yeah, and so three thousand four hundred feet of motion picture film and forty six hundred stills. That's
0: a lot of. It's a lot of. uh, It's a lot of pictures.
1: We were a part of like American film movies from like the from day one.
0: Wow, that that is so interesting. I would have never. I mean, that makes total sense. But it's one of those things I would have never considered or never really thought about.
1: Yeah, even um, even in the first commercial, there was not a native, but a guy dressed as a native smoking a cigarette. So uh, it's kind of like buried in the origins of like film and advertising.
0: Wow, that is.
1: And we could totally talk all about that all day long. Like that's what my that's what my degrees are all focused around. At uh, another episode.
0: Stay tuned for that.
1: In the first expeditions, Dixon and his camera crew came to Montana and went to the Crow Agency, and they actually filmed a silent film of Longfellow's uh, Song of Hiawatha. Okay. And put all Crow uh, natives into the positions. and They, like, casted, like, hundreds and hundreds of people and actually casted, like, a... 21 different women to get the right mini haha, which is kind of funny because that's like a tribe that's like hundreds <laughs> of miles away, <laughs> like step, several states away. But, um, well, thank
0: God the film industry never uh, misappropriated someone's uh, race or their indigenous identity in film ever again. It's, always, yeah. <laughs> it's 100% accurate, all the casting, thank God, ever since.
1: Uh, much of Dixon's background is completely unknown. Like, it's nobody really knows too much about him. Thank God. Uh, (laughs) That's the
0: one thing I miss, um, being able to be anonymous. You know, it's a really lost art being anonymous anymore. No one can really do it um, to the extent that they could back then.
1: Yeah, just babies. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Babies are good at being
0: anonymous.
1: (laughs) So Dixon basically self-proclaimed himself as an author, explorer, ethnologist, and authority on the American Indian, which is hilarious because I did the exact same thing years ago and I've been surfing on that ever since.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also a loss um, also let me say a lost skill from the old days, just claiming to be a profession and no one being able to check up on it. Like, oh I, yeah. I'm a botanist. Absolutely I am.
1: People do that all the time to this day. When it comes to, uh, like being the authority on the American Indian, like people still like will just read several books and be like, "I am authority on this issue." I know, and most of the time it's not Native Americans.
0: That yeah, that was the part I was waiting for. That would that would make sense. There's that. I mean, obviously, like living in Montana, there's definitely some experiences I've had or met some people that was very much like oh, this is this is your this is your whole thing, huh?
1: Yeah. Um. But the thing about all of those claims is that none of them can be confirmed.
0: Aha, uh-huh. of course, it was the anonymous past.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and so he totally went around and he staged all of these. And I, sh- I do wanna mention here that some of the famous like photography that you see of Native Americans to this day, like the authentic and vanishing Native American, the majority of that photography is all staged uh native americans at this time in the early 1900s dressed like everybody else they were in operas and there were ballerinas and they were playing sports and just like everybody else and so when people were going around in like the early 1900s and taking these pictures of like casual whatever Mm -hmm. native americans in their natural environment or whatever those were all
0: staged so instead of taking photos of these people as they actually were and in the actual like work and art that they were doing and instead kind of dressed them up in in i guess like what what can i say like traditional clothing or older clothing and Mm -hmm. then and so all of these photos that we have we look back and we just assume that you know things hadn't changed for the american indian in in centuries right
1: exactly and the thing yeah. The thing that makes me so angry about that is they actually instead of preserving our culture and our identity, they actually erase a large portion of our own history by doing that.
0: And so there's also potentially all these photos of and I'm, I'm of 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 tribes dressed as other tribes in different contexts that people not yeah. knowing the larger picture like, "Oh, that what's that's what they must that's what they must have looked like when they existed." Yeah. Wow, that's fucked up.
1: Yeah. So uh, Dixon and Wanamaker traveling around the United States uh, and they want to make an American Indian memorial. And so Wanamaker throws this big, huge party and invites uh, in New York City and invites Buffalo Bill, um, who happened to be playing at the uh, Hippodrome with his Wild West show. And uh, General Nelson Miles, the acclaimed Indian fighter. Oh, boy. Uh, Frederick, yeah, Frederick Remington. um, Can can I... They had, like, natives there. Yeah. That was my question.
0: Like, did they invite any Native American people? That was my question.
1: They did, but they just kind of, like, didn't really tell them what... They were like, oh, like, I'm going to invite these natives... And this happened like several times throughout this story where they invited natives to like these big events. Uh, And what they were really doing was like by inviting natives, they were kind of saying, see, they agree with what we're doing. But really, they didn't tell they did. They weren't fully like open with what exactly was happening. So
0: a level of tokenism then that, hey, look, look at all this work that we're doing. Look, we have some with we have some with us.
1: Yeah, I would love. My... I
0: would. I mean, I would love to talk to to some, of the, to some of the native people that were like at that first thing as they slowly realize that it's like a memorial, like, like, like. Well, what are we here for? I don't know, but ooh, there's there's hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> this is good. We're building a Yeah. What? For yeah, really.
1: <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, is there are like natives who like talked to the press who were like mad about things like this happening at one point. Uh, Like, some natives happen to be traveling through, I think, New York City. And somebody's like, hey, want to come do some stuff with us? And they're like, yeah, sure. And they, like, actually led them on stage and, like, paraded them around in a theater.
0: Oh, my (laughs) God.
1: (laughs) So, and they were like, wait a minute here. We're not really going to go do stuff, are we?
0: (laughs) So, so if if I'm understanding correctly... We're, so what's happening here is that the 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 culture is sort of taking the the existence. Um, let, me, let me rephrase this, James. Let me start over. So if I'm understanding this correctly, if I'm kind of like reading sort of the the angle of this. So these these people who thought they're doing the, the the right thing, they're like, you know what? Let's go take some some staged photos and completely ruin the American perception of of the American of uh, the Native Americans forever hey, let's also have these big events and not actually include any Native American people in the planning and just kind of, like, surprise them with, uh, like, onstage appearances. Or this must have absolutely completely fucked up everyone's, like, vision of what Native Americans were at this time period. This must have just... Well... Just, like...
1: At this time... The reason, like part of the reasoning behind this big monument, and part of the reasoning behind all of this entire event, or all of these happenings, is that at that time, Americans, and partially because of all of these, the way that natives are being represented in these pictures and stuff as vanishing, they thought that natives weren't going to be around anymore. So they thought, like, there was, like, only a few natives left, just wandering around. Not oh,
0: like some a, actual, like there's like yeah. seven of them.
1: Yeah, and they live in three exactly. different
0: states. <laughs> they don't even know each other. Like that's yeah. Oh my god.
1: And so, like at the time, um, they actually believed that natives weren't going to be around for much longer, and so it was really important to like try and preserve this memory of them. Okay. Even Taft, like, kind of echoed these, um, thought, like, this, this idea in some of his presidential speeches about Native Americans. First off, that, uh, it was still, like, good that American, that America was, like, discovered and then colonized, like, but also that Native Americans were banished vanishing, and, oh, that, that's really terrible.
0: It's, I can't. So the whole thing is literally like um, the guy in the hot dog suit. Like, oh, like we gotta find out who did this. Like, oh no, they're <laughs> yeah. how could this have happened?
1: Right, and this was happening still through uh, laws being made in Congress, even at that time, uh, like actively trying to make sure that the race was vanishing.
0: Okay, so I need to. I need to. Oh my fucking god. And, um, <laughs> So I want to jump back. I said earlier, like I wanted to, like you know, the story of like the the those uh, those Native Americans who were at that first like the unveiling, and and now how that almost has like a more sinister edge to it because it's like they're they're doing what a, a memorial, but we're still here. Like they <laughs> yeah. know we're still here, right? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well, people still believe that natives like don't really exist to this day, when really there's more natives. Uh, and indigenous people in the United States and United States territories, which are largely indigenous, mm-hmm. uh, there's millions and millions and millions of us. Uh, there's actually more of us than there are Jewish people. Wow. People don't realize how big the population is to this day. And while Wanamaker was going around from tribe to tribe, they would do a reading of like the Declaration of Independence, uh, which it's just um, it's just
0: rubbing it in at that point.
1: Yeah.
0: All men are, when in the course of human events.
1: If you remember correctly, calls us merciless Indian savages.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, that's definitely rubbing it in at that part. I can see why Nicolas Cage stole it.
1: (laughs) Is, uh, they're giving each of the tribes a flag, and each of the tribes, like, is taught to, like, hang up their flag and how to handle it and all that stuff. Yes. Okay.
0: Ooh. Still um, rubbing it in.
1: <laughs> no, not the American flag. The uh um the straight flag.
0: No, oh, the fucking st- <laughs> yeah, a bunch of black and white stripes. No, uh, just getting yes, in a Amer- just being in a loveless marriage, just <laughs> Just following your heteronormative instincts to ape around, you idiots. Uh,
1: yes, no no offense American to our straight listeners.
0: <laughs> If there are <laughs> any still at this point, no offense to our <laughs> listeners.
1: Um, so uh, teaching them how to fly it, um, they're teaching people to get, do the pledge of to, how to do the pledge of allegiance to the flag, mm-hmm. and all of these sound familiar because we do them every year on the Fourth of July. At this time, Native Americans were not allowed to congregate. Uh, as groups of people um, because it was, you know, dangerous. People might notice that there's more of us than there really were. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, like, we weren't allowed to do our dances. We weren't allowed to have, like, big feeds. We weren't allowed to practice our religion and our culture and our tradition and sing songs. Uh, It was illegal, we could get thrown in jail
0: for oh, it. Oh, you, but you could raise the American flag and read the Declaration of Independence. Uh,
1: they said that it was okay to congregate on the 4th of July if you did these things and oh, wow. also did things like uh, light up fireworks to impress natives, and then we do that on 4th of July now. And so, like, our patriotism that we celebrate every year was actually first as a way to make native americans realize that they're now citizens of this country and not that they are from america and not of america i should say
0: i see there's and, a that's yeah. a very there's people may not feel that there's actually a distinction there there's a very clear distinction between those two
1: right and really almost immediately after that started going from city to city and doing kind of the same like you should have a big 4th of July celebration and light up fireworks and read the Declaration of Independence and uh, sing patriot, patriotic songs and stuff. And so really this is like still happening on the 4th of July in cities all around America. And uh, it's just a way that you're still being colonized, even if you're not Native.
0: Yeah. Do when people read the Declaration of Independence, do they keep in that line about merciless, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Do they do they do they say that? Is that what happens? I can't believe that.
1: I know I do, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Uh, they, I think they revised it a couple different times since then. okay. Uh, to like just there's been a couple of revisions, and there is a Native American Declaration of Independence as well. Um, but uh, so back to the story, they have this big um, monument going up, creation of a large monument to honor all of the Indian tribes in the United States. Uh, With a statue larger than the Statue of Liberty. Oh my goodness! With a museum in its base. Oh wow! The museum was basically going to house like a whole bunch of like Native American artifacts and stuff from this lost, you know. Sure.
0: Look at all. Look at these things. These people that don't exist anymore. We have their stuff though. (laughs) Again, those those same those same people that were there before. It's like, oh, this is our stuff. They they just and I know that's a conversation being had all over the world, but. It's like, well, here's the memorial. We're still here and they have all of our stuff. This doesn't seem fair.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the memorial was designed by Thomas Hastings, who uh, whose work by this time included like the Henry Clay Frick House on Fifth Avenue in New York and the New York Public Library. Okay. And this was like a half a million dollar project in 1911. So I don't know what that is in today dollars, uh, but it would be a hundred and sixty-five foot bronze sculpture of a, a Native American placed atop a museum, and they used a Sioux as the model.
0: That was that was my question: if they actually used a model and were they Native American? I I would not put it past past them to, <laughs> you, you know, the way that yeah, unlike film, obviously art has no problem with uh, with representation, obviously. Right. I love how most uh, of the things that I say in this podcast are just saying some terrible thing about the world, but sarcastically, so I don't cry when I think about it. I've noticed that about myself in <laughs> this show, where I'll just be like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. But no, I, it just it hurts me, and I say it that way, because I don't know what else to do.
1: Right, exactly. I have a huge problem with, like, statues and, and carvings into mountains. Oh, of know, course. Because... Sure. <laughs> but... Um... So they had two years of like this big political struggle and Congress finally in 1911 granted the use of Fort Wadsworth on Stanton Island for the memorial, but refused to grant any other funds. Uh, so they had like all of this big pub- publicity. They had a big, huge groundbreaking on Washington's birthday, which is
0: February the 11th, 22nd, 22nd. I was halfway there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, it promised 30 of the most famous chiefs from the indian reservations would be present
0: 30 of the most famous
1: yeah there were only 7 there by the way
0: <laughs> and they were they were maybe like instagram famous at best
1: yeah and uh, <laughs> the only men who were like the most striking in appearance who or whose features fit the stereotypes of Indian faces were allowed to participate.
0: Ooh, mm, it's that taste of phrenology and, that we, we love to get.
1: Yeah, and they were encouraged to come dressed in traditional ensembles and bring bone
0: tools. Oh, God damn it. That's, re- oh my God. That rem- uh, small tangent... That reminds me about the grand opening of the Statue of Liberty. Because at the uh, at the grand opening, there were only two women present, out of the hundreds. What? that were Yeah, I know, right? I didn't know that. Best part is that there were some uh, some suffragettes who were aware of this and were circling the island on a boat, screaming through a megaphone about how <gasps> unfair that was to have this giant lady statue and no ladies present, just that circling so awesome. the opening of the Statue of Liberty, just just yelling at them.
1: Now that is fucking punk rock. That
0: is that is very punk rock. You know, the Suffragettes were the original punks. <laughs> that's that's me as a school teacher.
1: Uh also, did they make the women like old like who came be ultra feminine and make sure to dress in like the most like dressiest dress that they owned? Oh,
0: for sure, because uh at that time period if they didn't, they would have thrown them right in the ocean. Just they had they had no time <laughs> for women who did not put on makeup. Oh, uh, yeah. hey, the, the seams on your stockings are uh, are crooked. Splash. <laughs>
1: um, basically, this entire thing caused a huge frenzy among city-dwelling New Yorkers and reporters who had never seen, like, natives in Regalia. Uh, we know today well, of course, because like... they thought
0: they didn't exist. It was... <laughs>
1: Yeah, which is really, really sad because Mohicans actually helped build the skyscrapers. And when you see pictures of like the people building skyscrapers in Washington, they're like, oh, but we don't know who these other people are. And they name like one or two people in there.
0: Oh, I see.
1: The people who they don't know who they are, are Mohicans. And Mohicans have told them who they are several times. (laughs) Like uh, uh, the people who are like relatives of the people who helped build those skyscrapers in New York. Oh, wow. So, um, people really wanted to come and see, like, Native Americans as they thought that they existed. But really, New York City, highest population of Native Americans in the United States. So.
0: For real? In New York? Mm-hmm. That's a, I, would, I did not know that. What a cool thing to learn.
1: Yeah. Uh, Taft made the short speech where he says, This monument to the Red Man, recalling his noble qualities, of which he had many... And perpetuating the memory of the succession from the red to the white race of ownership and control of the Western Hemisphere tells the story of the march of empire westward and the progression of Christian civilization.
0: Well, that's... God damn it, William Howard Taft. That is... <laughs> like, as we said last week, the presidency has blood on, blood on their hands. Jesus, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. I mean... Not even, like, read the room, but God damn it.
1: Absolutely. And the words... Uh, the, I mean, that's Manifest Destiny. That's, like, what that's called. Mm-hmm. As it just reminded me of that year Gap came out with T-shirts that said Manifest Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> and got in trouble for it. Anyway, Taft used a bone tool to break ground. Oh, did he and bring it... on, did everyone... he bring it...
0: Was it his own? Did he make it himself? Or was it from the White House's <laughs> private collection of, of bone tools? You
1: said that... Several times that presidents have blood on his hands. I'm assuming he made it himself. Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: I mean, it's hard to say, but yeah, Taft absolutely killed and ate a man. That's the thing about Taft that we don't talk about. (laughs) He did not get stuck in a bathtub, but he was a cannibal. I'm glad to lay these rumors to the rest.
1: (laughs) Uh, So, there were thirty-two Native Americans in traditional garb who also broke ground. Uh, only seven, seven of them were the famous chiefs spoken about, but, uh... I
0: love that they, the, I, I'm sorry, just like, all right, yeah, we'll get the 30 most famous chiefs for the opening. <laughs> just like, you, you want 30 famous chiefs? Like, yeah, you know, all the famous chiefs. I can name, I can name dozens of them, can't you? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, so then they had a military brass band play what they called, quote, original Indian music. Of course,
0: because as we know, the Native Americans uh, invented the brass bands. Um, it's one of the many contributions. Yeah.
1: Which if like any tribes were there, they would have been like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then following the musical program, all the Natives signed or marked with a thumb a declaration of allegiance to the United
0: States. What the Okay, Jesus Christ. Okay, let's get the let's get the 7 to 30 most famous chiefs and make them sign over field to the United States. After we make them after we make them dig. This is insane. Yeah.
1: Then they raised the American flag. Uh, then they presented 100 new Indian head nickels to the audience and um yeah. They uh, then they continued their expedition of teaching Native Americans how to be citizens of the United States. So,
0: and that's bled over into the larger school systems.
1: Uh, just um, like assimilation mm. tactics of Native Americans have bled over not only into larger school systems, but into the way that um, we teach a patriotism to this day.
0: So it's almost like
1: just overall.
0: So it's almost as if. This system of inequality hurts everyone involved in some aspect.
1: Almost exactly like that. Almost
0: as (laughs) if it's actually bad for everyone. Uh,
1: The memorial on Staten Island was never built. Uh, I'm sure that we would know about it if. Uh, Yeah, you
0: were saying was a lot. I would know if there was a giant statue of a Sioux man bigger than the uh, the Statue of Liberty. I would I would have known about it by now. I'm sure.
1: yeah, and the reason why is because um, despite having organized a committee of some of the wealthiest business women in the entire world, they were only able to raise one hundred and forty three dollars and ten cents for its construction.
0: So if I'm
1: uh, most likely because of World War one,
0: okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Unfortunately, I think it also makes a little little tragic sense with the idea of, yeah, we have the most we have the richest people in the world, and they're all here for a cause but they're not going to pony up any actual cash to get things done. Typical.
1: Right. Yep. Uh, But it did like have a huge impact on the Indian citizenship act of 1924. Sweet. So that's the end of that sad story.
0: Good luck editing this, James. (laughs) That is, that is fascinating. I, I am really blown away by, by all of that Lenny.
1: Me too. This is one of my favorite, like, 4th of July stories to tell. <laughs> like, I like to bum everybody out on the 4th of July and Thanksgiving. You know, it's kind of my thing. Sure. I'm a big hit at all of hey, the things that I don't get to. Hey, by to. the way,
0: <laughs> thank you for your service at that. Like.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, speaking of saying you're welcome, uh, you're welcome for listening to this podcast. You're clearly thanking us because you listened all the way through it. Um,
1: Yeah, the best way to thank us is to put money into our Venmo accounts. But, you know, uh, you can also thank us by going on to um, uh, your favorite podcatcher and listening and following and also subscribing, um,
0: telling your friends,
1: liking. uh, And if there's a place where you can review us, totally go in there and give us a positive review.
0: Because. Because we know we're getting some negative ones just just on the fact of who we are. Like, we need the positive reviews because, listen, there's a lot of people who are very, very angry that we're doing this. And yeah. they can die mad about it, but also kind of counteract them. Live happy. Give us a good rating.
1: Well said. So thank you, everyone, for listening to us on Social Justice Weirdos. I'm Lenny Peppers.
0: I'm Charlie McCorn. Remember... You might not be able to change the world, but you can at least throw a brick. Good night.